Good evening, Pittsburgh. As you see, we have Acrisure, and I will call it Acrisure because they paid millions of dollars for that, that right to have it called Acrisure Stadium. Um, and in a matter of a few months, we'll see our beloved Pittsburgh Steelers take, uh, take the field in what should be a fun season. Um, you know, and tonight I'm excited because every time I go to Acrisure Stadium, the first place I go to is the Permani Brothers, uh, uh, Brothers booth for my Capicola and cheese and extra fries with cheese, okay? Um, it's not enough just to have the fries on the sandwich. You got to have the fries with cheese separate also. No pickles, though. My wife likes the pickles. Pickles are the devil's food. But uh, so glad to have Permani's uh, sponsoring us tonight. Um, as we uh, talk about the Steelers with this esteemed group of uh, uh, Pittsburgh sports experts. Um, we're going to start with you, uh, uh, Joe. Joe at Draft 412. Um, I'm ready. We've made, we've made a lot of uh, additions to the offensive line, which is key in uh, keeping our sophomore quarterback uh, uh, upright and being able to hopefully make uh, smarter decisions with some time. Um, how much of an improvement do you see uh, with Kenny Pickett uh, with a better offensive line in front of him? Well, it's it's definitely going to help. I mean, Kenny's got the talent. Um, we saw it starting to manifest itself at the end of last year as he was shaking off his rookie mantle. Uh, and I think that we'll see more improvement as he hits um, other landmarks and in, in games played. I, I saw Steve Young once say that every 20 games a quarterback gets to another level and what he meant was he it took him about 20 games to find that next piece and so kenny should hit that by mid-season end of season and we'll see a a market improvement there and, and frankly you underscored it the, the way that he gets there is more time uh even though the game is faster at this level and he was playing it fast last year you know, having, you know, uh, an offensive line that can not only pass block for him, but also give him, um, you know, uh, the ability to keep the offense on schedule by getting four or five yards on a carry on first down. Uh, and I think that the run blocking needs to be better. Uh, the pass blocking definitely needs to be better. And I think the Steelers went out and addressed that, you know, forthrightly in, in the offseason through free agency in the draft. Emmett, um, with what Joe said, as, as far as hopefully with uh, Kenny, um, the run game will be better. Um, you know, he'll have some more time to make some good decisions. And I know maybe being a Pro Bowl quarterback isn't uh, all it used to be, but do you see Kenny is turning into that kind of player uh, uh, with, with the uh, extra help they, they signed him with this year? Well, Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl, so I, you're very true that that, that status is – yeah, it means virtually nothing. Uh, will there be improvement? Yes, I think there will definitely be improvement, if for nothing else uh, uh, than experience. Uh, you know, all of the OTAs, full training camp, uh, some of this. Uh, the important number when it comes to Kenny and how much of a jump he's going to make is June 6, 1998. That's when Kenny Pickett was born. That means before they go to training camp, he's going to be 25 years old. And this is not, you know, Josh Allen coming in from the University of Wyoming where he was throwing to a bunch of future ins ins insurance guys. This guy had 52 starts in college. 
1,674 attempts. That doesn't even count dropbacks. If you look at the history of quarterbacks, they make their big jump 22, 23 years of age, um, which is what, what Pickett did at Pitt. He went from a 61.1% passer to a 67.2% passer. So I think his exponential leap uh, has probably occurred. Uh, when he was drafted, one of the big things they said, he was the most pro-ready quarterback in that draft class. And last year absolutely showed that to be. So will he improve some? Yeah. i just not sure that there's a lot of juice left in that lemon to squeeze out. I think he is butting his head up against the uh, the ceiling. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be a top 10 quarterback. He definitely won't be a bottom 12 quarterback. I think most of his career, he is going to be in the 11 to 20 range, which is good. It'll win you more games than, it, than you'll lose. Uh, I think he's got the ability to always have them be a playoff contender. Uh, you know, does everything fall into place someday and they make a deep run? I don't know, but I believe expectations for this huge leap forward uh, is not realistic just based on history. JT, with with the better offensive line in front of him, um, not only what do you see for Kenny, but what do you what do you see for Najee Harris, and and what do you see for for the receivers um, to boot? Well, first off, Emmett, do you remember Kurt Warner? He, he was a little bit older than twenty five whenever he uh, made his. Uh his break into the NFL, but I'm not saying he's like Kurt Warner, but I'm just saying. And Kurt Warner played at Northern Iowa with a bunch of insurance guys and he kicked around the, uh, uh, the arena league and things like that. It's, you know, his, his experience before he, and he also disappeared from the league for five years. So uh, I'm not sure that's, that, that's, that's a great comp. Okay. I'm just saying he's an older guy that still, still showed that he could up his game a little bit. Um, the running game, the running game should improve. Everything should work together, if, if, and that, that includes Matt Canada. Canada is a big part of this puzzle too. He's going to have to, he's going to have to expand the, the play, the play calling from last year. Give, give I mean, the, the whole joke was when Kenny Pickett's uh, playbook got stolen last week that now Melina the three plays were calling because that was like the joke going around. But I mean, we got to up the, we, we got we got enough uh, we got enough talent on offense now. You got to be able to. Um, you're gonna to have to be able to to do something more with the offense. You got you got some weapons at tight ends. You got a you got Najee Harris. You got a better offensive line. It's all gonna to have to play in together. You, you have the offensive line now. Matt Canada's got to expand the playbook, and then Kenny Pickett's got to play play safer. I mean, two what do you two two uh, concussions last year, and that's that's my biggest worry is him getting him getting knocked out early in the year, and I think that's the Steelers' worry too, and that's why. Uh, you still have Trubisky and you have um, Rudolph on the uh, roster, but I think it's all in place. I mean, I think I think if Canada and Pickett and the offensive line and they get it going, I can't see why why Pickett can't throw twenty five touchdowns this year. I mean, twenty five to me is the ceiling. I could see eighteen to twenty, like fifteen to twenty, but I can't see why twenty by twenty five touchdowns and and the Steelers putting up a lot more points than last year. I mean, they were they weren't. I think when we hit 20 points was less than none last year. So I think that's, that's the big thing. I think, I think it's all in place. It's just a matter of getting everybody to be on the same page. And that's, I think the big one's Canada to me. Emmett, we're, we're coming into um, training camp. Mm -hmm. um, 
at your beloved St. Vincent College. Yes. Uh, home of uh, home of some of the great pizzas around. It's not <laughs> as good as Caliente, but they're pretty good pizzas up there. Um, tell me, what, what battles are you looking forward to? It's going to be interesting. I think the... Um... The left tackle, because uh, I just, uh, you know, by by the the end of the year, Roderick Jones will be the starter. He'll be he'll be pretty good. Uh, but just, you know, in in recent years, you've seen left tackles with uh, slightly higher grades that really struggled for for about the first half to three quarters of the season. Uh, I, I so I think right then, uh, who who will be the starting left tackle day one uh, is going to be the the important one. Uh, the, the, and how the inside linebacker all shakes itself out, uh, you know, with the additions. Um, to me, those are probably the two biggest, but uh, left tackle being primary. JT, had a good rookie crop coming in, and that to me is one of the exciting things of going up the training camp is is getting a first view of them. Um, which which rookies are? Um, um, you're looking most forward to, and which one do you think uh, will will be a surprise um, as training camp and the exhibition season starts to unfold? I, I mean, I think Joey Porter. Joey Porter, of course, is gonna gonna start probably start first day one. Uh, like he was talking about, Emmett was talking about Broderick Jones. I, I'm interested in what he does. I'm interested in uh, a core four and like Dan Moore, how they're gonna use them. too. I know a core four will be a, probably the starting right tackle once it all plays up, but I'd like to see if Dan Moore can push him for some playing time. Um, I actually, I actually want to see Keanu Benton. His, we don't have much depth on the defensive line and um, I'm going to, I'm hoping Benton can come in and, and start right away. Cause we really don't have much um, after Keanu Benton are on the line. Um, I like what they did with the offensive line more than anything is you have like James Daniels. Then you have Nate Herbig backing him up. You have guys that can push each other. You have uh that um, Isaac Siamalu, and then you have um, Dotson, Kevin Dotson behind him. So I think there's enough uh, feet and not enough people in the uh, them positions to push each other. Where I don't think they're going to get still on the offensive line if a guy does go bad. Um, I would have liked to seen Mason Cole maybe get pushed a little bit at center, uh, just to have somebody behind them. There's not really much behind uh, Mason Cole, but rookie wise, I think Porter and Benton are the two that um I think that that's going to help us out the most um, starting off right off the bat. I think Jones will work his way in. I don't think you want to throw him right into the fire. Um, he might be one of them tackles though. You see them every once in a while. They come right in, they start from day one. So that, that's who I think rookie was. Now backup center on the depth chart, the early season depth chart, Kendrick green. <laughs> I don't even see that on mine. I see the, uh, the Anderson kid they drafted in the uh, sixth round or whatever from, or seventh yeah. from Maryland. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I was chuckling a little. Now, Joe, on the defensive side, let's let's talk about that because I I think uh, that that's going to end up being the as much as we talk about offense, that's going to be the difference between this team being a 500 team and, and a, a playoff contender. Um, talk about the the interesting battles and maybe some of the surprises you'll see at uh, training camp on the defensive side. Yeah. Well. A, a few things. I mean, I think it's important that they stay healthy. Uh, that defensive line, at least the starting crew, uh, you know, I, I don't want to see them playing in preseason at all. Like, we don't need to see Cam Hayward playing in preseason. Preseason to me, I, 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 if there's one thing I can't stand about football, it's preseason. 
We don't need preseason games. We don't need pre. I mean, that's what practice is for. And the, the, all it is is when you watch a preseason game, you're watching a guy blow out his knee and, and not play the rest of the season. I, I absolutely hate it. Uh, so getting that out of the way <laughs> and focusing on your question, um, you know, I, I do agree with JT. I think the, the Joey Porter Jr. play, how these guys mesh in the defensive backfield. I mean, there's literally, you know, with Peterson and Porter uh, and the signings of a couple of safeties that are going to play in different positions. The only one that's really truly been there that's a that you could say is a is a day one starter is Micah Fitzpatrick. Uh, and, you know, so is how does that defensive backfield gel? How do they mature together? How do they learn to play together? And I think that the experience of a Patrick Peterson will will help there. The experience of a Keanu Neal uh, is going to help there. You've got another season, um, you know, for DeMonte Casey. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping that Levi Wallace continues to kind of, you know, grow and expand his role, um, you know, with, within that group. So that's the that's the thing that jumps out at me. The other thing is, uh, DeMarvin Leal, he can be very impactful. That was a sneaky good third-round pick last year. Um, he started to get better as the season went on. He's a guy that you could play inside and outside in varying techniques. He can rush the passer. Uh, if he can learn to take on that role of, of, of you know, where Stefan Tuitt was, you know, and play that way, or can he play the outside uh, in, in a varying technique for that Aaron Smith played all those years? I think he's somebody that can really be impactful along that line this year. And I'm waiting to see his progress as part of that. But to answer your question, how does that defensive backfield come together uh, with all the changes in it? And then, you know, how does DeMarvin Leal jump up and take that next step uh, to be a, a full-time starter for the team or doesn't he? Those are good points. Good points. Now last year, uh, I think it's safe to say with the, uh, the game out, T.J. Watt doesn't get hurt. Uh, we're we're in the playoffs. Um, you got Kenny Pickett, devastating uh, for him to be injured. Um, T.J. Obviously, we just talked about J.T. Who's that other player that that maybe um, would crush their playoff chances uh, if they're out for prolonged periods of time? I think Joe just mentioned it, um, and he shouldn't play in in us. He shouldn't play in uh, preseason games. It's Cam Hayward. Um, Cam Hayward's a big part of that defensive line. The defensive lines, I mean, we're real thin, really thin. I mean, if, if Benton, hopefully Benton's the real deal. But I think if Hayward goes down and having to fill in for a Cam, a Cam Hayward, um, even like he mentioned, Liel, Liel could maybe step in. But I think Cam Hayward is, is a huge loss. And um, I would also – I would also tend to say a guy like, um, being honest, a guy like uh, Pickens on offense, just because I just I ain't a big Deontay Johnson fan. I don't think the receiving depth. I mean, I hope uh, Butler picks up. You know, Hakeem Butler, I thought might might be a sneaky good signing, but um, I would go with them too. I'd go Hayward and I'd go Pickens on offense. I think Pickens is is destined to um, make a big jump this year, and I think he's going to show early in the year. Um, you know why why we took him in the second round last year. Joe, I mean, those, I agree. Hayward and, and Pickens would certainly be uh, uh, some devastating losses. Um, I'm going to give you a little flip side uh, question here. What, what position do you think uh, at this point we can afford an injury and still be able to uh, um, chug along at a, at a decent pace? Uh, 
Uh, receiver. Uh, you know, I, I think the the reason why is with the exception of Pickens, there's no one that's exceptional there. Uh, we have a bunch of unknowns, right? Like Allen Robinson, there was a there were seasons where that guy didn't drop a single pass, but he hasn't played well in the last couple of years. Has he? Has he gone over the hill? You know, can he kind of revive his career in Pittsburgh? You know, if he were to go down, I don't know. You know, or uh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson needs to call Lester Hayes and get some of that stick him. He drops the balls. He runs poor routes. The guys love him in the locker room. Apparently he's, you know, he, he's a good team player. And I can't speak to that because he's not a good on the field player. You know, the guy is, he, I agree with JT, you know, he catches balls because Roethlisberger was throwing eight yard slants for the last two seasons. Last year, he didn't do well. He was throwing his hands up. It reminded me of a poor man's AB. Uh, and I do mean poor man's AB. You know, and they're paying him seventeen millions a year, seventeen million a year. That's that's exactly what just got another wide receiver got cut this past week. You know, because they couldn't trade him. You know what I mean? And and now he may end up signing with, uh, you know, Kansas City or, or or Buffalo and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and and you know, this guy is not worth the seventeen million dollars they pay him. And so if he gets injured, there's another guy that'll step up in there. I do like the signing of Hakeem Butler. I think that. And for depth, I think that's fine. Again, if he gets injured, if he makes the team, who knows? I think the one, you know, position there that, you know, and, and JT rightfully said it is, is Pickens. That will be a, a costly loss if someone like him were to go down. And they can only make up so much with Darnell Washington and Pat Fryermuth. And Fryermuth has shown that he has a, a lot of potential. Darnell Washington, I'm excited to see on the field. Uh, but I think we have a lot of middling depth uh, at wide receiver. And if one of those pieces were to go out, I don't think it hurts save for Pickens, who's a budding star. Mohamed, um, we talked about the offensive line a, a lot tonight so far. Is there one guy on the offensive line that they just can't afford to lose? As strange as it sounds, with all of the great, I, I mean, I love, I, you know, Samolo is a great addition. I'm really worried if Mason Cole goes down, that the whole, the, the, the dynamics of, of the whole line changes. Um, does, you know, do you move Daniels in and then weaken two positions? Uh, you know, do, or are we in for uh, watching another season of, uh, Kendrick Green uh, getting uh, Turkey Joe Jones every game. Uh, I mean, it's just you know that that center position is it, you know it's one you only notice when things go badly. But boy, if it goes badly, the whole you know the whole line collapses. And you know to that end, I think the other part of you know the one player that that I, I don't think people are. are keying on that could be devastating and that's Najee if Najee goes down that offense is in a world of hurt I like Warren but you know he's not a bell cow and the rest of that running back room is um you know once again uh, quoting our 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 friend Dennis Eckersley a hodgepodge of nothingness uh, <laughs> but uh yeah I think along the line Cole is the one guy that if, uh, if you see him coming out on a cart uh, run down to uh, to to Bet Rivers and uh, change your 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 bets on on the season record. Well, before we get into our our next Steeler question, 
because I keep looking at this this Dan Permani uh, sign over here, and I'm getting hungry. And I'm I'm thinking about you know when I went to Duquesne, it was open at midnight. Um, it was open for the truckers, so there'd be a line of us at midnight waiting to get in. And my go-to uh, was a kielbasa, the number two uh, uh, sandwich, the cheesesteak, and uh, uh, a bowl of chili and cheese. Joe, when you go to Permanis, what is your go-to sandwiches? Um, I am a number two guy, and I hate to say this because I know you just said it before. I'm also a pickle spear guy. I mean, I love that that offsets the the the, the sandwich, but I'm I'm a I'm a cheesesteak guy too. I love that 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 Pittsburgher man. Sorry, it's it's okay. I I can forgive people for for eating the uh, pickles. I just don't see it. I think you're going to meet with the devil later in life because you've had pickles. But uh, you know, I'm not going to judge you myself. Myself. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> Emmett, when you come to Pittsburgh. What's the first thing you think about at Permanis? Well, first of all, there's one right here in York. So, oh, very uh, good. But you're putting me in a really difficult spot because you always want to speak well of your sponsors. So, uh, their personal pan pizza with three toppings and wings, and that's that's it, folks. That's it. They have a good pizza. And the pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually my wife's go-to is is the pizza. Okay, JT, you you look like a Permanis savant. I go to a lot. I I used to get. To, I used to be the um the Angus steak guy, but now I get the um I get the Cajun chicken. I get the Cajun chicken with fries. I think it's one of the better better sandwiches. A little bit of spice, perfect. Maybe a little bit of extra slaw I asked for on the side. I love their coleslaw, so I, I always go. I used to go with the Cajun now, but I'll, I'll go with the the Angus every once in a while. But you always got to add an egg. If you don't add an egg, you ain't getting a real sandwich. You are you are spot on. That is my one complaint about Acrisure Stadium, um, is that you have no egg options uh, you when you go there. Uh, the egg is the egg is essential. Nothing you wouldn't think egg would taste good on top of a kobasi sandwich, but it makes it perfect. Perfect. And, I, and I'm not a slaw guy normally, and theirs is the only slaw I will eat. But uh, yeah, okay. Now I'm I'm thinking about running out there after we're done here. <laughs> Okay, let's get back to football at Acrisure Stadium. Do you think I can get a sponsorship at Acrisure for mentioning them uh, so many times in, in one podcast? Is that a feasible uh, possibility, Joe? I think you mentioned them more times than the people on TV did last year because they said Heinz most of the time. They did. <laughs> I'll, I'll try, David. I'll try, man. I don't know. Do what you can. I'll be a sponsor. I'm, a, I'm one of the people that are bitter at Heinz. You know, here's people... You know, we act like Heinz came in here uh, and did this for the good of Pittsburgh, when in reality, they're pulling jobs out of Pittsburgh left and right. And they paid millions of dollars to have their name on there. So, you know, I'm I'm all too happy to say Acrisure Stadium. I think so, the red zone is coming back, though. I think the red zone is coming back with the bottles. So It, it is. It is. I saw them lining up to bring them back in. Um, so we will have uh, the red zone. I guess Acrisure has no red in their company. So you do need Heinz for that purpose. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. Um, Joe, we got the schedule. Okay. We got a we got a nine and eight team coming, coming back. Um, by just about every expert in the world, we have, uh, um, been one of the, uh, teams that have improved themselves the most, uh, in the off season through the draft and through free agent signings. Um, 
What do you see with the schedule in this team this year? Uh, you know, I like it. Uh, I think this team sneaks into the playoffs as a wild card. I think it's the Bengals division to, to lose, right? I mean, they're, they're heads and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, and I, I think that uh, the Browns will make some improvement this year. I think Baltimore is Baltimore. You know, I think this is where they are. And even with the re-signing of Lamar Jackson and, you know, an injury prone over the hill, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not sure that they're going to be, you know, anything to, to, to write home about. Now they look, they could be competitive just alongside the Steelers or not. Harbaugh always has a strong effort from his guys and always is competitive at the end, but I, I don't think they've done enough, you know, to put them over the top or to compete with the Bengals. Uh, so I think that they they slide in into the playoffs this year. I don't know if they go anywhere, but I think that's a you know it, that's a, a good thing. And I think the schedule you know allows them to do that. And they have some tough games, you know that San Francisco game, you know that, that starting the season that's that's going to be uh, a little rough. But they have a very winnable schedule as you go down, and they they've got to you know go four and two in the division uh, to stay competitive for that wild card spot. Uh, but they're you know they're not. The, the, they don't have a, a ones uh, kind of schedule this year. They don't have to worry about coming in, having that first place schedule. And I think that favors them uh, enough to to get into that last or second to last wildcard spot. Is there a game in particular you're looking forward to? The Vegas game, man. Las Vegas. Of course I'm looking forward to that. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, the, the Raiders at home, uh, you know, the Jimmy G thing. It's the first time in that stadium. The fans, just like they flocked out there to see, uh, you know, the, you know, the Flory games uh, when he was a, a Vegas Golden Knight, you're going to see that stadium fill up and be, you know, uh, Akershaw Stadium West, uh, you know, as part of that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to, to hearing some here we go Steelers chants from from Vegas. Cool. Cool. Emmett, is this a playoff team? Just misses out. Uh, nine and eight, ten and seven. I think you could pretty without a lot of difficulty, identify seven teams that are better, and that's the magic number, seven teams get in. Uh, I'm not as uh, thankful to the NFL for the, the Steelers' schedule as Joe is. Uh, he, he mentioned that Vegas game. That Vegas game is on a Sunday night after they play on a Monday night against one of their oldest and bitter rivals. Uh, so you got a short week and a West Coast trip. That could be, that could be a big problem. They have two Thursday games. Thursday games tend to be landmines. You never know. They they could be, you, you know, how many times you've seen teams that should be big favorites on Thursday night and they get knocked out. They've got an early buy. That could be a problem. I mean, is it unrealistic to think that, okay, they, they lose the 49ers. The Browns, again, a division game could be a loss. They could lose to the Raiders. Okay, they should beat the Texans. But then you've got the Ravens. You could be one and four going into your bye week, and it's like last year again. You're spending your bye week trying to save your season. Um, so uh, I, I I think not. What what what's the over under on it? Whatever it is, it, the, the, it was way too low. And and if you are a betting person, and since we're shameless sponsors like crazy, uh, you know, get over to to Bet Rivers and bet the over heavy on on the Steelers. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't. I would not put your 401k on them making the playoffs. Okay. J JT, do you I say 10 and seven? Um, I, I say they get in. Honestly, I think they, uh, I think they made enough improvements that um, I know our division made some improvements as well during the, um, 
during the offseason. But I think Pittsburgh is, is in a good spot. I mean, San Francisco week one, all right, they got a great defense, San Fran. But who's their quarterback week one? I mean, yeah. they're going to be going through a lot of stuff, too. So we might have caught – we might catch them at, at the right time. Um, Cleveland's actually a team that scares me a little bit more. Um, the Deshaun Watson thing, I think he's – we talked about it a, a little bit before that he had a, a year off of football – he wasn't really himself last year, so they're getting him back. And he's a big DeAndre Hopkins fan, and, and Cleveland will seem the – I wouldn't be shocked if, if Cleveland's the one that ends up getting DeAndre Hopkins, um, which adds another another weapon there. Um, I think our division's really good. I mean, you can literally go one and five in our division or five and one. I think we're, we're as even as, as everybody. I mean, I think our big game's going to be the last three. We play uh, Cincinnati on uh, Saturday – December 23rd, so like Christmas weekend. Um, it's a 4.30 game. And I don't know if it's just me or if you guys feel this way. Steelers seem to always crap the bed at 4.30 games. I don't know if it's just – it just seems like 4.30 games to the Steelers just never never pan out the right way, at least in my time of watching football, it seems that way. And then we got at Seattle, at Baltimore. So we're going to have to make, I think, some hay – before them last three games, or we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go you know two and one in them last three. But I, I see us going ten and ten and seven, and a lot of reason is what you said before. T.J. Watt missed a, a chunk of last year, and we've still won nine games um, with a quarterback that was out games. I, I I know bad luck can happen again, but things go well injury wise. The Steeler team should win ten games. I I tend to think they are a playoff team, and I'm gonna go one step above you. I think I think. With this schedule and with the improvements, it can be an 11 and 16. Um, I, I I don't think they're serious contenders for a Super Bowl appearance, but I, I can see them winning 11 games on a schedule like this and getting the confidence. I mean, they're a young team. Um, my disappointment in the year is this is going to be the first year in ages uh, that they will not be playing on Rib Fest weekend, uh, which is a staple. Um you know, for me, it's usually the last exhibition game of the season is Rib Fest weekend. Um, so I'm going to be stuck going to the Wofford pit game, uh, which usually I, I don't go to the one double A pit games, but I will this year uh, because the ribs are are phenomenal. But uh, I think this is Cincinnati will win the division. I think they're a better team than Baltimore. I. 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 I think Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. I didn't know when he became uh, the next uh, appearance of Joe Montana, which is what uh, his his pay seems to dictate and what people seem to, oh, the Browns are going to do this, the Browns are going to do that. Hey, the Browns are the Browns, and and uh, I, I just I don't see him as that type of quarterback. I really I really don't, and I never have. Um, but I, I do think uh, uh, we are going to have a good season this year. Anybody else? Uh, you can tell me I'm I'm full of crap about Deshaun Wat- Watson, if you'd like. No, not at all. I mean, you could be right about it. I'm just saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's his last couple of years in Houston. He he was lighting up the league, and um, him and Hopkins had a nice connection. But I mean, I know a year out of football doesn't mean you're automatically going to get it back. And you know, his best days can be behind them. So I, I don't I don't dismiss what you're saying. I just say Cleveland has some pieces in place to be to be tough if, if things start working out for them. They have some pieces every year, but I always say there's a reason teams are bad. There's a reason the Pirates were bad. And that was, I mean, we can go through hundreds of them in the uh, pre-Ben Sherrington era. 
Same reason for Cleveland. They they make bad decisions. They have a lot of talent. They've had arguably the last few years the most talent in the division. I mean, now the Bengals do, but there were stretches over the last two or three years. I thought they had the most talent in the division, but you know, they're the Bengals. I mean, you're running through people last year. Deshaun Watson comes back, you decide to pass the ball, you lose games. You know, just I just think as long as the Browns are the Browns and until they get a, a championship mentality in their front office, they're going to be the last team in the division. You know, just, just my thought. But um, anyways, it's been enjoyable. Enjoyed hearing uh, uh, our Permanis uh, uh, choices today. Um, you know, it's what Pittsburgh is known for. My favorite thing there, the sports, uh, the sports panel on the back wall and Pete Henry, the one guy, everybody walks in and says, who's he? It's Pete Henry from the all American from W and J is the only guy on that wall that nobody seems to, uh, know who it is. Everybody else is, is pretty good, but, um, I, I don't think there is a more knowledgeable, uh, uh, group of, uh, pundits there are than you three. And, uh, I always enjoy these podcasts and what you uh, bring to the game and look forward to what's coming up uh, Thursday. Uh, why don't you talk a little about that, JT, before we... Uh, yeah, this Thursday, we're going to be uh, live, the Draft 412 team. It's going to be me, Joe. Uh, a couple other guys will be there as well. And then we're going to be talking hockey at the uh, Pittsburgh Sports Bar in Castle Shannon uh, from 7 to 9. They have great food, uh, good beer, of course. And then they um, we're going to have some prizes given away to people that are getting involved in the show or answering some questions or, or uh, vice versa, just coming out. It's going to be a great time. Just come out, talk to hockey. We're going to talk about the GM, which Emmett may be right. Um, rumors are heating up. Does the Penguins name their GM tonight or tomorrow? That was Emmett's pick, and it's it's getting closer and closer. They're saying it's going to happen soon. So we'll talk about the GM situation. We'll talk about the free agency, uh, the draft, of course, and then um, – Come on out and hang out with us. It's a great Pittsburgh bar, black and gold bar. You can't beat it. Well, I've, I've heard some tremendous things about it. And I look forward to a full food report. So you guys go hungry. So um, um, you can give us a full uh, food report uh, uh, afterwards. But uh, anyways, been enjoyable as always. Uh, you guys have a great night as we bid adieu to Acrisure Stadium. I guess there's my hand. There it is. See you, gents. All right. Have a good night.